Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. So what's been on your mind? What are you thinking about? What are you learning about in the closure sphere? We would love to talk about that. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you are learning, what you're thinking about, and we will uh, bring it up on the podcast. Yeah, if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, we are on Twitter um, right now. If you tweet at us at Closure Design, we will see your tweet. Um, or uh, send us an email at closure, sorry, feedback at closuredesign.club. Uh, or hop into our Closure Design Dash podcast channel, where we've had lots of good discussions, even this morning. So um, yes. ask us a question even there. In, yes, even this morning. And before we dive into the content, we want to shout out to Gene Kim, too. Thank you for including us in your amazing article, your love letter to Closure. Uh, it's awesome. For those of you who haven't gone and read it already, we highly recommend it. I, I bet if you just Google love letter to Closure at this point in time, you will find it straight off. But we'll have a link to it in the show notes, too. Yeah, and we're looking forward to part two, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So this topic in our noun-vember... Wait, how did you put that last time? Noun-tober. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm living in the future. <laughs> Working with closure kind of makes you feel like you're living in the future. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, our topic this week in Nowntober is uh, maps, maps, maps. <laughs> Everything you wanted to know about maps and a few things you probably don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> or didn't know. Yeah, it takes you all of two seconds when you're learning closure to, uh, to, um, to get into how to, how to use maps, right? So, so Krustov, how, how yes. do we use maps? <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you type curly brace. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm following you... along here. Okay. Yes. Get out your REPL. Type curly brace. Then type a value, a space, and another value and a curly brace. And now you're using maps. But hey, you don't even have to put values in there. You could just use empty maps instead. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. It's like when you open up uh, your phone and you don't have reception and you have empty maps. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and then you put your phone away yes and then you proceed to get lost <laughs> <laughs> yes but all, in all seriousness yeah yeah maps are definitely one of the first things you learn and they seem simple enough right they're associative arrays they're they're hash maps they're maps they're whatever you want to call them you have keys associated with values so what more is there to learn <laughs> Right, the lowly map. <laughs> I like to call it the mighty map. It's a uh, yes. It's I, I, it, it's definitely the the one that that I reach for most when I want to model a like it's it it would be what I would say is the analog to an object in in you know other languages, um, and so so maps are maps are are incredibly useful, uh, an incredibly useful tool, um, but. But what are the best practices about using maps? Like, what, what, what? Why would you want to structure them a certain way or whatever? You know, that's that's I think where we want to want to kind of go into the, the right. you know, we've we've used maps for a while, you know, we, and we definitely don't make our maps like we used to, <laughs> you know, back in my day. Yes, yes. Well, I think definitely our our maps records. You know, maps aren't really records. They're they're sort of you can look at them from one angle. 
And maps look an awful lot like records, right? They have fields and those fields have values and and you can even make schemas for them. And those schemas can say, hey, this map should have exactly these fields or spec, you know, it should have exactly these fields and the value should be of these characteristics, dare I say types. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you can kind of look at them and, and, and look at them like records, but but they're really different than that, right? They're not statically typed. They're open. You can add, you can add keys and values freely. You can take keys and values out. And then you can iterate through them in sort of a list kind of way, like almost like a list of pairs, right? When you when you uh, use them as a sequence using any of the closure core functions, somehow your map magically turns into a list of pairs. And so that's very un unrecord like too. Yeah, it definitely, you, you definitely, um, like, they're not like objects in that, like, so, so, like, so, for instance, in Java, you have objects, which are like a, a, a locked set of slots, you know, kind of like a record or something that you would schema check. But then they also have hash maps, which are, you know, open bags of data, you can keep adding more or taking, take, you know, or removing them, you know, so it kind of serves both of those roles for, for us in Clojure. Um, and then, right. Yeah. Yeah, and so the the it, the hash maps. So when you get into static languages, so I've done quite a lot of Scala and, and Java, you you'll get typing on the keys like, "Oh, well we want all the keys to be strings or or maybe we want the any type." I'm thinking Scala in this case. Any type for keys and any type for values. So now you can have a hash map from anything to anything. But then due to static typing in those languages when you when you mix things like that, you start losing all of the utility of the type checking, right? You have to start checking everything at 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 runtime and and downcast stuff into more specific sty- types that you can use in order <laughs> to get data out. You know, so you have strong typing, static typing, but it doesn't let you really take advantage of that strong typing at runtime in a, in a convenient way. Whereas in closure, yeah, you can you can have a mixture of values uh, of types really like for your keys you could have keys be strings you can have them be keywords you could have them be integers you could have them be all sorts of different things you can have them be map you can have your key be a map <laughs> if you want to <laughs> yeah and th- i've done it's... it i made keys be lists right like like uh we were just working with some code the other day yeah. where we were caching some values in a map and 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 so the keys were like the the values, uh, like we had a joint. Like what do you what do you call it when you have like a primary key that is made up of like three keys? It's like, like a joint a, key or whatever. Like a composite key. Yeah. Yeah, composite key. Yeah. And so the value of of the 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 key in that case it has three values because it was composed of three separate values that were duct taped together as a composite key. So now all of a sudden we're using <laughs> a, a list as a key, right? Right, it's actually an interesting idea. You could actually, you'd have a, the map. You could have a map be the key, and it has the, the 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 names of the fields also. And so, if you all you want is to know, you know, like to have the index, you can just take all the value, all the keys from that map, and and you now you know what what data is in there, like how all the at least the unique level. Um, it's kind of an interesting way because, like, another a lot of other languages that don't allow you to do that, you know, you have to like smash the keys together into a string or something or, or, you know, put them together and then call a hash function on it or something, you know, to make up a key. Right. Yeah, and I think 
in languages now, even in Java or Scala, you can make some kind of lightweight class type where it you have to go and make a type though for your key so that you can say that this thing is made up of all of these keys that look the same. You know, whereas in Clojure, you could just by convention just say, well, this map is going to be most useful if I associate uh, in keys that are lists and and so there is a lot of by convention when it comes to maps. So that that does come with some some downsides, right? I'd say. Right. Yeah. So like most most of the time when we make maps, we make them with keywords. You know, it's almost like we have a strong <laughs> a strong typing where the keys are always keywords. Um, uh, because I, I we hear basically we're big a, fans of keywords too. <laughs> we use them all over the place. Yes. And I think and we I, did a whole episode on them. <laughs> uh, kicked off a noun nowntober, <laughs> right? It's the month of the nouns. Yes. 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 <laughs> but so, I, but I think that something that we we talked about a little bit, but I think it, in the context of map, we, we talked a little bit about how how they they fit into maps, but we were talking more about them on their own. But as 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 keys and maps, um, the idea of you know, of, of simple versus, you know, namespace keys, um, and, and nesting, like, you know, how, how, how far, how far should we go, you know? Right. And I think it really kind of depends on how you're using the map. So a few different scenarios or use cases for maps that I came up with when I was thinking about this episode were in some ways we use maps kind of like records. And so in those cases, we're going to have uh, keywords for the key and then some kind of value. And then the value is going to be specific to the field type or whatever. And in some ways, we use maps as caches. So we do this quite a lot in our code. And so we're associating in the unique identifier, like whatever we're keying the, the cache off of or a lookup, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And and so we'll take a, we'll take a data set and we'll we'll pivot it so that we can look information up by the key quickly. And and because we're making data pipelines, um, we, we always know when new data flows in to that stage, we can just recalculate that map. So it's kind of like a map as an index in to, to the data. And then in other ways, we're using maps as, as a bag of dimensions and values, <laughs> which... Well, the- might be confused with like using it as a record, but it but it's actually a different. It's a kind of a different thing, right? It's it's like a bag of of key value pairs, which well, is it, well. I guess we'll have to get into that more. But, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think one of the things that we do a lot is there there, there are entities that we that we model in our system, um, of which there is you know, uh, values about like, for instance, like we, we've said before, we work with sports data. So in, in the world of sports, there's, there's players, you know? And so we might have a map that has like, you know, player slash name and player slash ID as, as, as the two keywords. Well, this describes some of a player, but it is not an exhaustive list of, of every attribute about that player, everything that is related to that player. Um, like for instance, what team is that player on, you know, now, Right. Uh, you know, what is their jersey number? You know, um, what position do they like to play? You know, those are other things, you know. And so there's like the logical entity, which is player, but then there's the actual like bag of dimensions that we're, that we're, that we're holding in our hands right now. 
Um, right. Yeah. Like what division uh, is that is the player's team, right? What league is this player in? Um, what region is this player in maybe? Um, right. Things like that. And so, yeah. and, and so one of the ways you can structure that map is you can structure the map such that all of the player information is at the top level, like name, you know, uh, the jersey number, that kind of thing. And then you can have like a key, key a keyword called, like a, a key called team, and then have a nested map about the team that that player is on. And then you can have a, a you know, a, a, a nested key about what league they're in, you know. So you basically, you have a, a, a nested tree of data that describes this, this, this person who, you know, who's in the, who's in the, who's playing. Right. And you end up with sort of this funny situation because then you're like, okay, I want to, I want to represent information about this player. So do I have the top level map be all the player dimensions? And then I, and then I have a team field and then I nest the team information and then I have a league field and I nest the, but then it's like, oh, well, like I'm mixing, I'm mixing. So maybe I should have the top level map have a player key and just put all the player attributes in and the <laughs> team key and put all the team attributes in and a league key and put all the league attributes in. Right. And then that boy, that seems more symmetric and we can pull off the parts that we need. And and so that that would be like you start to feel the design tension or do or do you have a map where it's like, OK, player dash name and then player dash ID as keywords, of course, and then uh, player uh, like team dash name and then team dash ID and then league dash name and league dash ID. Right. And then it's like dash, dash, dash. And then it's like player dash former dash team dash ID, you know, <laughs> and then and then you end up with these like dashed things, right? Yeah, you're just you're you're kind of just moving the the you're either nesting the data or you're nesting the keys. You know, it's kind of you if you nest it somehow. But, right. but, but and then but, so, so let's say you're looking over in the, the team record, you might have like ID. Like like you're looking at the player record, you have ID. And you're looking at the team record and you have ID. Right. And then now I want to combine these maps and I want to mix these. Well, now now they both have ID. So now all of a sudden when I combine it, I have player dash ID and team dash ID. Right. And so so you end up in this situation where you have all this funny naming. Right. And sometimes it's nested and sometimes it has lots of kebabs and sometimes it's just a single word. (laughs) And so 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 this is sort of the bags of I like to call it the bags of dimensions problem. And what we've settled on in our sports data is because we use keywords and keyword support namespaces, we'll end up namespacing this. And I think we'll put an example in our notes. So we'll we'll have like colon player slash name and then colon player slash ID and then colon team slash ID and then colon team slash name. Maybe, maybe we have like a denormalized data set. It's very rich, you know colon league slash id right and so now we're looking at this this record if you will or this row you like i like to think of it as a row of data with columns of dimensions and 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 we have this rich row that is telling us all this information about this player and and we can look at the namespace to know what information domain that dimension is coming from for this thing we're looking at like this is right. the team domain describing this player. This is the league domain 
but it's it's relevant to this player. Right. right? It's it's the one that applies to that player. And so and lots of times when we have because we we rarely have a player in isolation. We usually have a list of players. So we have a a a, a vector of maps, and each map is is structured this way. And so um, like the 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 team. ID is duplicated in every player and the you know instead of having like a top level you know team ID and then a player's list with underneath it we basically take that and instead of having a, a map at the top level we have just a a, a list or, or vector usually of players we put that team ID we 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 promote it or demote it <laughs> we shift it over and kind of demor- denormalize the data so that so that it's all it's all flat and all homogeneous um, at least as far right. as the nesting goes, it's heterogeneous as far as the 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 the, the data goes. You know, the bag the bag contains multiple different things, but it's all at the, at a flat level. Yeah, and so a great example is we'll we'll have a list of we'll have a query where we want to know all the players for um, I don't know all the players that like are have a have a certain score in some important. Important sports attribute. <laughs> uh, sports ball. <laughs> yeah, sports ball. And um, and so we're going to get back a list of players, and those players can be on different teams. You know, so like all the players currently in the league that have rushed more than 500 yards or something, right? And and we're going to get this list of players back. And, um, and then what we want to do is we're going to be sending that data to a view, and that view is going to want to show their team, and that view is going to want to show maybe what what division they're in or what league they're in. And so we're going to want to take those the, those rows of players and probably often they come back from the database just as like, okay, here's a player ID. Uh, maybe it's going to have the player name too. And then it's going to have their rushing yards or whatever. And we're going to want to enrich that row and weave in all this other information about the team and, and, and the league that, that that player is in. Right. And so, so what's cool is... If the team keys are team slash ID and team slash name, and the league keys are league slash ID and league slash name, and the player's ID are player slash ID and player slash name, we just use merge. We just we just use good old fashioned closure core merge. And and so we can use our map lookup table, <laughs> our map acting as a lookup <laughs> table where we have a cache of all the teams and we can we can look up the player's team ID and we can go look it up in that table and we can just take that team result and just merge it right in. N- none of this like, oh, let's uh, let's fix up all these dimensions. Uh, let's fix all these key names because they're all going to collide, you know? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we do a lot that might be good to call out is that, like, for instance, we say team slash ID. Um, well, in, in the team record, we call it team slash ID. In the player record, we call it team slash ID. In the league record, we call it team slash ID. So when it, whenever there's an ID for the team, we call it the same thing, um, like the actual same keyword. And so that that, that makes right. it really easy to use, like you said, merge merge works, but also um, I, w- everywhere we are in the system and we have that key, that keyword, we know what we're talking about. It's kind of like... Right. Um, an, an entity, an EAV, you know, entity attribute value, um, which are kind of big in like the yeah. whole atomic thing. Um, it's kind of like we, 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 we can talk about the entity and the attribute and the value all like as one kind of logical thing that can be mixed together right. and then unmixed together, like, or unmixed, <laughs> uh, separated. There you go. That's a good word. Um, and, and, Com- and combined and, and separated. <laughs> yes. and, and it means the same thing everywhere. 
Yeah. In fact, the namespace really is the entity. And then the name part of the keyword really is the attribute. And then the value part of the map, well, hey, it's the value, right? It's a good name and, for it. Yeah. And it's nice. It's I like to call it decontextualizing the information because like if you have a nested map, you have to look like you're if you just let's say you have a team key and then hanging off that team key is a map that has ID and name. So if you get handed that map with ID and name, like you don't know what it's talking about. Like, is it talking about a team? Like, well, like, what is it talking about? You you have to look at oh. its parents you, key you, to know what this thing is. You mean like, like what if we're you, talking about? If you like tear that map out of the parent player, I mean, you, you mean like you take it out, right. and you take it out of context. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you're merging the context right. in, right? Yeah. So and this this has real practical realities. Like, let's say you have a list of all of these uh, nested map style right and and you just what you want to do is you just want to like uh you want to map that into a list of of team names well um when once you map well actually yeah let's say you want to map it into player names and team names together right now all of a sudden you you can't just map the sub key for team because then you're going to get a list of all these sub chunks that are just for the team you can't just map across the sub key for player because then you're going to get all these player chunks. So now, now you have to like your map statement has to reach into each of these things and then you have to make new keys for them. Whereas if right. you use rich keys, it's really easy. You just map and then you your function is just like select keys <laughs> per, you know, and then you give it all the dimensions you want and you're done. Right. The, 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 the flatter maps make it so that you actually end up writing less code. Um, and, and as we all know, less code means fewer bugs. Um, and, and you right. end up using leveraging a lot more of the closure, closure core. Like in what you just talked about, you're using select keys. Well, select keys is closure core. You didn't have to write that, you know. But if you're right. trying to grab, you know, two levels of, of nested keys out of each map, you have to, I mean, you can either write a very long, inline function <laughs> or usually you have to pop that out and make it its own function well now you're doing a whole new function just to basically dip into two different buckets and remix them you know when all you need to do is you know what you want from both those buckets if they were named correctly you could just pick them out and that's what select key does, select keys does. right yeah we'll we'll post code in the notes that that show this more concretely it's a little little hard to describe and illustrate all this ceremony that comes along with nested nested maps but it you do get the efficiency, right? Keywords are interned. So you're you're using um those intern and so you're not allocating all these extra data structures for the nested maps, you're just allocating the one data structure, right? So you get a little bit of efficiency there. But really it's the ceremony of use that you get rid of by using these rich keys and kind of treating maps like these bags of dimensions. You know, that's one of the uses. And I think we're talking about this use the most because it's sort of the most foreign. It's it, it well, I would say it's the most foreign in my experience. Like it's easy for me to look at maps and see records, like classes and objects. It's easy even for me to look at maps and see a sequence of key value pairs. But this idea of this open bag of dimensions that we can associate new dimensions in to make make it richer. And we can select keys dimensions out to to just summarize the parts we want. Um, that was totally different than anything I had dealt with before. 
Yeah, I, I think I think I, I came from a land of there was a there a rich ORM culture where you know you you grab you like if you wanted to fetch the team you got the players like it was a nested a nested data structure under there, um, and and I and I feel like having nested a, a nested data structure is kind of like a like a, like it's it's a data structure that is optimized for a certain certain kind of querying. Like if you want to, yeah, to look at data in that form, but when you when you denormalize it, you flatten it. So it's but just a bunch of flat names, flat entries where every 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 entry is stands on its own, and 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 is similar to the other ones. You can you can answer a lot more questions with that, and so it's almost like the the ingredients are at a at a at a, at a lower level. Um, and we talked about this some back in the, uh, I believe the the um, the time log series that we did, um, yeah, where we were talking about how we would take each level of data and we would aggregate it to the next level um, and make it make it smaller. You know, we had we had time entries and then we went up to days and then we went up to weeks. Um, but we what we could have done is we could have kept everything at the low level and just salted in these additional values. And so we had we would have had all the the granularity of the day level, but. But 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 all the power of the, of the of the the higher levels of granularity, right? When you start having denormalized um, information, this is when it really shines, you know, because mm-hmm. you can just mix in these uh, extra layers of information uh, and just kind of keep growing that open map wider and wider and wider, as is useful for your view, or as is useful for your data pipeline, or as is useful for your report, or what, what, whatever the purpose of the, your computation is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think um, we could probably talk about maps even more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, because it's, it, I guess uh, we haven't done our list, list, list episode. <laughs> <laughs> But because it's such a fundamental re- like data structure, really like maps and lists, you know, and sets, those are the biggies in closure in terms of computation, aside from all the primitive type values, but the mm-hmm. collection values. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really is a lot to say. And um, we, I mean, we haven't talked about using schema. We haven't talked about using spec. Uh, well, yeah, we haven't talked about uh, sorted maps and unsorted maps and all this. <laughs> Suppose there's a lot more we could cover. What would you like us to cover? <laughs> what what more about maps would you like to hear about? Uh, this whole topic came up in our Clojurian Slack. We were discussing rich keys and maps, and that got us thinking in this direction. And you can come join that discussion if you go to the Clojurian Slack and join the Closure Design Dash Podcast channel. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, we're probably going to just keep on talking about nouns this month. So if you pop in there and, and give us a noun, we, we might just talk about that noun with exclamation points. Um. Yes, <laughs> because the exclamation points make it better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can find uh, our past episodes and show notes on the web at closuredesign.club. Uh, we'll link to the past episodes we, we talked about here, and um, so you can go listen to them too. Yeah, tweet at us at Closure Design or send us email um, to feedback at closuredesign.club. We'd love to hear from you that way. And uh, we uh, definitely uh, read all the email and look at all the tweets. But that's going to be it for this week. We're going to be back next week to uh, continue our Nowntober. <laughs> but until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>